Hello friends, I hope you're doing well. I am recording this on a fall Sunday here in Northeast Ohio. And I tell you, it is giving all the fall vibes. I got one of my kitty cats next to me and I'm just warming up by my little heater and it's just so good to be home. And I can see the trees outside just shaking feverishly, but I love to see the leaves turn and all the beautiful things that autumn you know, has in store for us. But I wanted to share with you a moment I had a few weeks ago. And it basically, if I could title this episode, Don't Play Yourself. <laughs> and this happens to all of us. At some point in time, we betray ourselves. So I had the fun opportunity to go to a psychic fair today. And it was kind of cool because it's something I hadn't done in a while, and I remember seeing it advertised, and I mentioned it to my mom, and we get there, and it was a pretty decent venue, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get a reading, and this is not, let me disclaimer, this is not about psychics and the need to go or all that. This is bigger than that, and on my way to try to you know, go to this event, I was looking for an ATM and never could find one. And I have this reading and the lady tells me all these different things uh, going on in my life. And the one thing is that we already know what we know. And life is ever fluid and changing. And I'll share my perspective and you can, you know, do with it as you will, because that's what I do normally, right? But what I came away with is that oftentimes we know what we know. I think we just want confirmation that we're on the right track. And sometimes we're so close up on things that we can't always see clearly. And there are times where it's helpful to have an objective view and someone who's seeing the information from a different perspective and they don't have an emotional tie to it. And I was reflecting back recently that I had really gotten better at speaking my truth and I had gotten better at advocating for myself. And it came up in this reading that that's something that I continue to need to work on and do. And I can't disagree with it. And it, I didn't need a psychic to tell me that, you know, this was all for fun. I think what I gleaned from my experience and the conversation I had with this particular medium is that oftentimes we know what we know and we don't trust ourselves the way that we should. For example, you know, many times we'll go and ask people, you know, do you think this is the one? And when you know it's the one, it's the one. Like no one has to tell you it's the one. And that's with anything. That's with the job. That's with the house. That's with the experience. And I remember back, you know, when I've had certain experiences, things all worked out for me. It's not to say that everything was lickety split easy. But what I can say is that, you know, when things were for me, I went with the flow. And what I realized more so than ever, as I've gotten older, is that we need to not play ourselves. And I think I can only speak from my perspective as a heterosexual woman. I think oftentimes we get into this brain match with ourselves, trying to convince these people to get on board with our agenda. 
and part of you know my experience today was basically you know I need to talk to this person and tell them these sort of things and I gotta be honest with you I am not clamoring for someone to put a ring on it I am not trying to make people fit in my life anymore and I don't want to just do things for the sake of doing them because this is what I know. I enjoy my current life as best as I can, you know. At the same time, I am not limiting my opportunities, however those may look. You know, as I record this podcast, I'm not legally married. I'm dating. I have grown adult children now. And I have options. And I think when you realize that you make the onus of what you want to have in your life, it changes things a little bit more. And that you don't want people in your life that are around just because they don't have anything else to do or it feels like uh, they're not fighting with you, you know, so to speak. Let me take a sip of my beverage real quick. (laughs) A lot of times, sometimes people will stay in relationship because there's no conflict. They may know that the person is nice, that the person they can have good conversation with. But overall, that person really doesn't hang the moon for them. They could take it or leave it. But because there's no conflict that comes up, people just keep piping along. And sometimes we block ourselves from future mates and making ourselves available for compatibility for people that are better suited for us. And sometimes I think we settle, I think we settle a lot in a lot of different areas of our life because sometimes if it's not that sense of resistance there, we feel like, well, I should just keep going with the status quo. And you don't have to. I'm here to tell you that any time you could change your mind. And that has to be okay. And I think I've learned that so much over these last few years. That we're not stuck doing anything. I remember when I got this uh, tax ID number for my business. I felt compelled to have everything nailed down for my business. And I really stressed myself out to ad nauseum trying to figure out all the things because everybody was coming up with LLCs. Everybody was getting the PPP loans and I needed to get my business out there and I wanted to do all these things. And I realized that I was fighting to do it and I wasn't doing it from a point of strength or positioning myself for longevity. I was just trying to jump out there like everybody else. And who's to say, you know, me jumping out there may not have yielded some clients and some small revenue. But what I can tell you today is that the person I am right now as I record this and the person that got that LLC, we're we're on different alignments now. And don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm a whole different person. But I've changed my perspective about how I want to go into business and what business looks like for me. And that I'm not trying to be like everybody else because I can't. 
and that I want to run my business on my terms because that's what being a business owner to me is about. I didn't wait this long to create a business for myself that I have it mirror the rat race of corporate America. And yes, there will be times when I may have to be a little unconventional in some aspects, but at the same time, this is my place of joy and peace. And in order for me to maintain my joy and peace, I have to be strategic at what type of clients I want, when I want to work, what works for me, and what is going to be my medium of communication. And I needed the opportunity to just take some time and just really let everything kind of soak its way in. And I feel like I'm closer to that. The other thing I noticed in myself is that sometimes I've allowed the relationships of the people around me to consume up time that I really need to spend on myself. And it's interesting because these very people will not let you slow them down at doing the things they need to do. (laughs) But you have to be that definitive about how you spend your time. And sometimes we make ourselves so available to the point that, you know, people just expect us to just be like an open house all the time. And I think there's some solace in when we know that there are people that we can go to and will be there for us. But I think when we spoil people and allow them to have, you know, unlimited access, that can be a dangerous place. Because if you want to step things back, sometimes people will take things personal when they will begin to feel like, you know, you're doing something different and they can't understand why you have this new approach. And when in fact, you know, you probably should have had some things in place all along. The other thing, too, is I'll say out loud is that a lot of times I played myself financially. Yep, I got to admit this one because I had this thing. It was two ways. In the past, I had this feeling of not having enough. And if you grew up um, and you didn't have enough of whatever it was, you try to overcompensate it when you do have some of those things Uh, in in abundance at certain points in time and don't get me wrong there wasn't a night I went hungry unfed unclothed uh, or I was worried about where I was going to live but for me I didn't have the financial peace that I wanted to have and I remember when I began to uh, start out my young adulthood on my own at a very young age I remember at first feeling like I was on top of the world to then later feeling like the world was on top of me. And I remember I would take on things financially for other people that I did not have the capacity to maintain. I had girlfriends at the time who were still living at home with their parents and I had jumped out bold and brazen to get my own place. And um, in that, I had real adult responsibilities and my friends did not. And I would overdo it a lot of times. There would be times where these friends of mine would want food or we wouldn't want to go out. And I would treat them because at that time I was working a full-time job like an adult. I was putting in 40 hours plus. But I felt this need within myself to be so helpful to the point that it didn't serve me any good. And fast forward, even as of late, I've had to realize that 
I had a situation happen to me and it took me off guard because I have gotten so used to having a cushion and being on top of my game where, you know, little, little things I don't have to, I didn't bat an eye about, you know, I remember to the other extreme, I had this lifestyle in the past where if I didn't pull my cart over and count up the stuff in my cart, that probably wouldn't end well for me. And I got to admit with inflation and some other obligations that I willingly added on to myself that I didn't have to, um, life had me by the chokehold for a little bit, if I can be honest. And I had to figure some things out. And I had some really panicky moments and I didn't share them with anybody. You know, I went to the extent of just letting people know, hey, you know, I got to recalibrate. I have to watch my finances. But I never went into the weeds about, you know, hey, I'm really, you know, not in the best position and da 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 da. Because this also happens too. You know, when you are not making a significant amount of money, people are very empathetic. But let you make a significant amount of money and you complain you don't have money. No one wants to hear that shit. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. No one cares if you're making six figures or not even close to that number or at a acceptable range, if you will, of monies. No one wants to hear about your poor man's problems because you look like somebody that could probably figure it out and you're not doing your part. And I will say I had some shame. And I think this happens to a lot of us. We feel like we elevate ourselves to a certain level in life and that we're done with certain things. And to a certain degree, that may be true. But the reality is that we're all human and life is going to happen, even to the best of people. And there are people who try to do all the right things and they still may be challenged in some way. And that happened with me. And it wasn't just one thing. It was a multitude of things that just quickly grew to a nauseam. And one of the things I'll share with you is that before I began working with my endocrinologist, I had found a lady on social media and she was talking about, you know, women and hormones. And I also found another gentleman and he was talking about women and hormones. And I mean, I was on this hormonal kick. I could not understand at that time for the life of me, why was I doing all the things and not seeing any measurable process in my weight reduction story? And I I got frustrated and I also got desperate. And one of the things I did was I looked at a lady and some of her social media outreach and we had a session to see if I would be a client. And the amount of money that she charged for her service, even on my best day, I wasn't comfortable playing, but I probably could have, you know. So we talk and I remember this clear as day. I had just completely got my credit card, one of them, like totally paid off. And I remember feeling really good about that. Like, yes, I put that behind me. I don't have to worry about it. And I remember at the time of the session, again, not speaking up for myself, she wanted me to make a commitment at the time. And what I should have said was, I enjoy this conversation. Let me take a day or so to think about it. What I did was give this lady my credit card number 
on a Friday, had buyer's regret by Saturday or Sunday. It was very quick. And I never see my money come back. I didn't get one good coaching session out of that. Like, I could even see if she charged me a third. But all of those hundreds of dollars that I spent out, I never got back. And I was too embarrassed to tell people that I had got this lady off of social media to help me with this weight reduction. And I think eventually I end up telling the guy I'm dating about it. But it took it took me some time. Like, it wasn't instant. I mean, maybe a couple of months went by before I measurably said anything. But I remember feeling like, okay, I just want to put this behind me. And I put the incident behind me, but financially, I didn't regain traction. And I had to work at finding a way to get things back to level. And fast forward, you know, that that incident happens and I have some other small things happen. And it's just all piling up. And I'm just really um, confused. And what makes matters even worse, I come out of my chapter uh, of bankruptcy or whatever. My, I was paying into it, my chapter 13. And I later found out that no payments went to my student loans the whole time. So here it was, I'm incurring interest, no payments had went. And I thought I was totally out of debt. I was wrong. So I had to dis- I had to swallow that hard peel that great. Now I got to start making student loan payments. And not that I thought I would be absolved, but I thought if I had any more payments, it surely wasn't the amount that I was left with. Um I was I was I was caught off guard. And right when I was ex- about to make that move, then something else happened. So it was one thing after the other. So let's get real recent. Let's get recent as the last 30 days. I remember I meticulously go to the bank to take out money because I had this thing happening where money was just going, going out of my account. Every time I thought I knew it was debiting and crediting, I I couldn't keep up with it. And what I realized over time, there were a lot of goods and services that I had on auto draft so much so that I had forgot about them and those things would have been okay, but I didn't keep up with my expenditures and I had gotten new expenses because I got to be honest, I got a car that I'm paying more than I had for my old car. I am paying more in my expenses to live. So we're talking about $1,100. Let me do the math because that's not accurate. So I'll say... Give me just a second to do live math with you. So I'll say three, say four. So I'll say about roughly seven hundred to eight hundred dollars that was now inserted into my budget that wasn't before. That are now bill related, where that money before could have been what as I call it FU money. So now my FU money that I didn't care about if it came or went, it was designated to something. And I didn't catch up to it. And I still didn't have enough to do what I needed to do. And then to make things extra spicy, we had this uh, incident where our township elected to go into this electric pool or whatever. And turns out I had been paying between one to $200 more and my electricity bill for a service that I was just opted into. 
And I'm telling you, it's not one thing. It's usually a series of things. And I think that's what people don't really glean. They think that when you are going on this financial ruin or in distress, it's just one thing. But usually it's a cluster of things and it just collapses the entire tower. And I remember, you know, having an incident recently and I said, things have to get better. I can't keep doing this. I have to recalibrate. I need to be able to have my life again and not close my eyes and hoping that I got enough in my account. I had really got to that point. So like I said, a few weeks ago, go to the ATM, pull this money out, you know, because I'm fearful. You know, I don't know what's going on. And that's not a good way to live. I got to be honest. But I pull this money out and I'm like, okay, this is for me and my daughter. And we're going to use this for groceries and different things throughout the week. And that money was like candy. I felt like I bought a bag of chips, but the money went so fast. And to make matters even worse, I was entertaining that weekend. And I got to be fully transparent. The weekend that I was entertaining, I knew financially that wasn't the best weekend for me. And I didn't pick that weekend. So I want to disclaimer that this wasn't a weekend that I picked that I said, this is the weekend that's going to work perfect. I made that weekend work and I don't regret it. But what I do have heart palpitations about is that I didn't move the way I should have financially, and it still ended up costing me. And I remember coming away from that weekend having mixed feelings like, yeah, this was great. I got this great visit, but boy, man, this, some of this stuff just didn't work out for me the way I thought. And what I had to recalibrate is say, Sean, you have to not play yourself. You have to be firm about what your no's are and what your yeses are. And you can't back yourself into a corner. And you would have thought this incident like went on for weeks. It probably was a week and a half. But my daughter can tell you that was the longest week and a half we had in our lives. I mean, it was by thread. So here it was. I was pressed to get gas in the car because I'm driving Um, you know, and trying to do that. I'm pressed to get a little bit of groceries and trying to make things work. And I'm not telling my daughter what's going on, but she knows if I'm sitting around the house, this is weird. Either I'm tired or something's going on. And I couldn't go anywhere because I couldn't afford it. I cannot afford it. I did not have the ability at that time to leave my house because it would cost me some type of monies. And I had gotten to a point where I was able to leave the house and even just pick up a loaf of bread. I mean, it had really gotten to that point. And you're like, man, now, gratefully, you know, within a week or two, life is great. Like I'm able to recalibrate and get everything balanced out. But if I pull back the rug, I did not appropriately start really tracking how life was once I made those increases of expenditures. I had a budget and I do my fake air quotes to you, but what I did not do is really look inherently and nip a lot of things in the bud. And one of the things I regret is that I went forward with that coaching without giving myself the 24 hour grace to think about it. And 
there are some times where we have to make immediate decisions. But I will say, if you have the opportunity to to get the grace to think about something over 24 hours, do it. Because if it feels good at hour one, it should still feel good, you know, 24 hours later. And I, I had to get to a point where I just had to accept where I was. So yesterday I'm doing my daughter's FAFSA and I look and I'm like, oh yeah, let me look at my student loans. And they're all waving at me saying hi. And I don't believe I got any forgiveness and I'm not going off into a forgiveness speech of who got it and who didn't. But what I will say was I was able to say, okay, this ain't the debt that I like, but I know people that have far worse. This isn't, you know, I make more than this in a year's time. I just have to do some things different. I don't know what that could be, but this is something I can feasibly pay off and I move on with my entire life. And if I can strategize to pay that 44000 off in student loan debt, I'm sure I can pay the $1,500 credit card, the $500 credit card, the $600 credit card, all those things. And we have to get to a point where we can say it out loud to ourselves that I fucked up. I didn't make good choices. And it's not beating yourself up about it, but really understanding that sometimes we need to look ourselves in the eye and hug ourselves and say, okay, how can we do this better? How can we move past the shame and guilt? Because the shame and guilt didn't put more food in my refrigerator. It didn't put more gas in the car. It did nothing. It immobilized me and it shut me down. And I got to be honest, I thought about calling people for help and I didn't. I could not bring myself to ask anybody, I mean anybody, for a damn dime. And what I will say to you is this. If you have the opportunity to have someone be there for you, allow them. We go through this thing in this life that we feel like, oh, it's my bed and I need to lie in it. And in fact, we need to be lifted up. It's okay that we are not always okay. And that has to be acceptable because there's no perfection in this life. And I could have either spent weeks on end not addressing the feelings, the shame, the blame, all of the things about that financial situation I went through. Or I can move forward and say, that was painful. I didn't like it. Now what can I do to make it better? And slowly but surely, the engine is coming back on, right? I went in, I made some changes. And when we make changes, it doesn't happen overnight. I remember when I started this Ozempic journey and I got the first injection. And that was the hardest one, right? Because I never did injections a day in my life. And then they're telling me that for however long, I don't know how long I'll be on this medication, but I'll be giving myself this injection. And that first injection, I ruminated over it so much. And I finally got the courage and I did it. And I get on the scale and the next week, maybe I lose a pound or two, but I'm mildly impressed, not really. And then the same thing and the same thing. And then finally, a light switch turned on. And I moved away from 
the weight that I had gotten stalled at before. Because I would always move towards, you know, the, the 90s, but I would just stay there. I, I, I would get down, but I never moved beyond that. And once I decided to really start thinking about this as a true lifestyle change and just keep going and to make it a habit, to make it a lifestyle, that's when I noticed the weight start releasing. And even when the scale didn't look different, I could tell you, I know I look different. My clothes felt different. And even when I was trying to get my boyfriend to see and the kids to see, nobody saw until they saw it. You know what I mean? I couldn't bring people in. And just recently, you know, he noticed like, babe, you're so small. And my daughter noticed it. You know, one of the daughters that doesn't live with me. But I say all these different things is that when we are rehabbing whatever area is of our life, it's ugly, it's dirty, and it's not always a clean process. And it's going to look like a muck. Keep moving forward. And if you keep the momentum, it will get there. And fast forward, by the time I get out of October, a lot of the things that were nipping at me in my bank account, those things will be behind me unless I add other things on. But I have learned some valuable lessons. And I have learned, even though I have gotten a lot better than I used to be, there's always room for improvement. But the most important thing is, I learned myself to love myself through the uncomfortable periods. And that's what we all have to do. So I hope in sharing this, this releases someone like it released me. As always, my good friends, namaste.